0: Countdown. Three, two, one. This is the Contracting Experience. Connecting government contracting professionals to the world around them through conversations with acquisition influencers, insights into evolving hot topics, and sharing lessons learned from the field.
1: AFWORKS is an organization established in 2017 by the Secretary of the Air Force to be a catalyst for agile Air Force engagement across industry, academia, and non traditional contributors to create transformative opportunities and foster an Air Force culture of innovation. On this episode, we welcome AFWORKS Director Dr. Brian Beam Mao to the podcast to talk about the AFWORKS mission and how the organization interacts with its stakeholders. Beam discusses how AFWorks thinks about Agile Contracting and describes the culture of the Force organization, how its people work, and how that has enabled AFWorks' success in the last two plus years. The ultimate aim of Force is to solve problems and enhance the effectiveness of the Air Force. Beam, welcome to the podcast.
0: Uh, thanks for having me and this opportunity to talk about a great story about our Total Force Airman Amber. I appreciate it.
1: Definitely. So can you talk about what is AFWorks and can you explain the AFWorks mission?
0: AFWorks. I think I really like our three-word credo that we have which is to empower, innovate and then defend for America and our Air Force. Uh, a slightly larger elaboration on that would be our classic mission statement of AFWorks is a fusion of capabilities designed to connect innovators and accelerate results for technology and cultural agility. For our air force for our joint partners and for our allies
1: okay can you talk about the different ways that afworks meets its mission
0: yes we have over the last two years formed a system of innovation demand and innovation supply capabilities that meets almost every level that we have at the air force we have programs that are available for the individual airmen we have it at the squadron level tapped into some of the chief of staff squadron innovation funds. We have MAGCOM liaisons that joined our innovative ecosystem network. And we also have senior leader inputs when there are certain technologies that they want to try for us with our unclassified experiments. So AFWorks runs unclassified experiments. Mm-hmm. So On the demand side, we have things such as the spark tank that we're doing down here in AFA symposium here in February. Mm -hmm. We also have base level spark cells. We also have virtual collaboration tools. All of these things allow us to uncover what are the demand signals? What are the demands for innovation that we have? And then we try and answer those demands with our supply side system, which includes our innovation hubs. We have hubs in DC. Austin, Texas, and then in Las Vegas. And within those hubs, we also have facilitation capabilities, whether it's lean design, design thinking, different problem definition workshop capabilities that allow us to take ideas from airmen and develop potential prototype Uh, responses and questions that we can ask to the public in an unclassified way Mm -hmm. without any of the traditional military acronyms in there that scare the public away like, oh, I don't know if I can make that standard. So we are grateful when I say total force partnership that that does include contractors, many of whom do not have military experience. Because of that, when they hear us start talking in our lingo and we drop a little too militaristic, they're like, back that up, right,
1: right, help
0: us out. So uh, in general, then we have a large system of innovation demand and innovation supply capabilities that we try and match up for the betterment of innovations for our airmen.
1: Well, and like you were talking about the contractors, if they don't have experience in the government, they can help provide a different perspective than the folks of us that have been in the government for a long time can see and add that to your capabilities.
0: Yes, it is a real benefit to us to have brought in such a high level of professional facilitators from the outside that wouldn't have been something that we would have had native to the military capabilities or to our government capabilities. So to find these kind of partners to help us work through these challenges has been really beneficial to everyone.
1: Great. So, many people may have heard of AFWorks but are not fully aware of the role the organization plays within the government and how it interacts with industry and academia. Can you give some examples of how AFWorks interacts with those different stakeholders?
0: Ah, great question. So, if you want to gain some awareness of AFWorks, I would really recommend just go play around on our website a little bit. So, afworks.af.mil. You'll find uh, different points in there where you can click on the Join Our Ecosystem button, and that'll sign you up for our monthly newsletters. You'll also see there on the AFWorks.af.mil mill website the Ask Me Anything Hours, so we have a weekly webinar. If you just have a question about AFWorks, let us know. We'll try and answer it for you, and we'll track down. So first, for general awareness, that's those are two easy ways that you can get involved and have a greater understanding. Then, uh, a couple of high, High energy examples of what we have that are in person, we have events such as Collider events where we will have from our base level spark cells, we'll have people with different desires that they'd like to see, different innovations that could happen and help them at the base level. They'll get into a, just think of it as a large, large conference room. They will be in a place where there are different small businesses, different entrepreneurs who have different technologies to offer. We might then bring in as well some of the SIBR, Small Business Innovation Research uh, teams and phase one, phase two type contracts groups there that can help facilitate conversations so that our airmen can be matched up with these different technology firms, these different small businesses with the potential to create prototypes so that with regard to the challenges that the airmen are facing, here are some unclassified experiments that can be funded through different sources so that they Mm -hmm. can see what is in the art of possible and what is uh, a capability that they might be able to pursue. So we have all sorts of in-person things that we do. So that's if you put everybody together in a a collider type Mm -hmm. event where you try and create collisions of creativity. Then we also have things that are a little bit more defined. For example, with regard to MDO, multi-domain operations, which is now transferring over to a greater joint fight. So it's JADC2, joint all domain command and control, JADC2, JADC2, Uh, for something like that, We actually had multiple stakeholders coming in from our cyber side, from our AFWIC, Warfighter Integration Groups, and different folks associated with multi-domain operations. They all descended, in this case, upon Las Vegas, and we had 115 people come together and work through, again, without any of the jargon, without any of the three-letter acronyms, Mm -hmm. but just work through, so what is it that you're trying to do? And then when we developed real common sense pictures, like a picture going from a satellite saying, I'm bringing in information from my sensor, it needs to be validated because I want to know that I'm not getting spoofed. But if this information is valid, then it's probably going on a central cloud. And within that cloud, we can then rack and stack different decisions, options, and data so our senior leaders can make choices and then send that back out to the field to the different people who are going to execute the uh, mission that's in front of them. So... Taking something as complex as an acronym, JADC2, and breaking it down into happy, easygoing pictures Mm -hmm. allows us to send it out to the business world, small business world, right? Because we're trying to expand America's ecosystem and our defense industrial base. So we take something as complex as JADC2 and we send it out in plain English to the small business community. How are we doing? We had an external validation of that because our mdo architect was one of the titles of someone within the pentagon uh, sent one of their chief technologists to take a look and say okay afworks with your unclassified experiment you've tried to go out and find if not the answer to jad c2 different groups who might have a component or a subcomponent. maybe somebody's really good at validating data maybe somebody else is really good at rapid fire integration within a cloud and then decision rack and stacking uh, i want to take a look at the different submissions that you've received we had received over 300 submissions from our public website you can go to afworkschallenge.com if you want to see what a typical challenge looks like in plain english Mm -hmm. but for jadc 2 we then sent out our submission over the multi-domain operations challenge we received over 300 inputs and from those the mdo architects chief technologist took a look and said i see 30 to 40 items here that rank as medium to high interest items for the air force so This is a method for us reaching out through our different crowdsourcing, through our different data techniques, out to expand to the small business world of America and build up our defense industrial base for some of the highest priorities. JADC2 is one of the CSAF's big three priorities. And so we're pretty excited about, not only do we have the in-person collider events, but we also then have these stakeholder events that develop web challenges that go out to the broader industrial base And then we even have a full virtual capability currently being run on uh, idea scale and Mm -hmm. powered by airmen, powered by innovation. Uh, We have the ability for you to jump onto our virtual website and collaborate with other airmen on your ideas, whether they're civilian or military. And so we have everything ranging from people all together to people all virtual, but uh, different ways that we can interact with both government, academic, and business and broader ecosystem capabilities for our Air Force.
1: So to me, it sounds like you're helping facilitate innovation across the Air Force and DOD um, with the different stakeholders. And even what was brought up in my discussion with the Spark Tank finalists, um, you know, it's almost like putting that that communication structure in place so that way, you know, in their example, they can get those great ideas, those ways to solve problems up to their leadership in a, in a fast, clear way, rather than that not being there. And then that they're thinking, how do I even go about making this happen?
0: Another thing that we've done that is also a little bit more virtual than it is in person, is working with some of our great allies. So you've got Dr. Roper's office of AQ there in the Pentagon. You have David Shahady and the Cyber Center of Excellence over at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. We've kind of formed a three-party alliance that we, uh, loosely, the working title continues to be Air Force Ventures. Mm-hmm. And this group, uh, we've kind of done the same thing with turning things into a more uh, openly digestible process uh, versus uh, there was a time when CIBR was more based on I have a couple of items and I've got 56 mini requirements Mm -hmm. that I want to write up for that one item. I send it out and wow, why is it not surprising that I'm only getting 10 to 12 responses because you just laid out 56 criteria part of what they've been willing to do over at the Cibre Center of Excellence is work with us to flip the script, where, again, using plain English, we say, we have something called an open topic. And if you want greater elaboration on open topic, you can go to afworks.af.mil and you can click on the for industry and find the Cibre, S-B-I-R, topic tab to click Mm -hmm. on it. But what we've done is we've switched from saying, I would like widget X built, and widget X has 56 requirements. Instead, we're like, hey, industry, What do you think you have that's useful for the Air Force? Mm -hmm. Stop. And then we wait to see what comes in. And then we do those collider type events or we do other sorts of matching with the phase one and phase two processes so that we can actually bring the technologists who would have been afraid to try and match up against 56 requirements, but instead are able to say, yes, I have a data validation system. Would you like to see this? And so we can sign a phase one to get a deeper Uh, discussion and exploration going on, and then phase two to possibly pull off a prototype experiment. So another great tool that isn't simply AFWorks, but this is this this movement that's Air Force-wide, that's awesome to behold, all these different teams of people willing to try things, willing to go after it to be more innovative so that we can, again, expand the ecosystem, expand the art of the possible, and find more innovations for our Air Force to make us more agile.
1: Great. So this podcast is geared towards acquisition professionals can you talk to how works thinks about agile contracting and how it incorporates it into its activities?
0: Yes. Uh, wow. So contractors are awesome people because they are where our contracting officers are where the rubber meets the road, right? On behalf of the United States government, we're here to make something come together and they're willing to put their name against money. And it's a... I was not exposed to the contracting field in my 21 years in the military, but through AFWorks, just to see all of these people who are willing to put literally their name on the line against dollars and assets. So first of all, a shout out to the contracting officers out there, because they're just awesome people. Now, when we speak of what we're hoping to achieve with regard to agile contracting, we go back to a basic definition of agile of being speed with options. And so, with regard to agile contracting, I certainly don't want to make any claim of expertise on this, but just the way it's been explained to me, uh, one of our one of our capability leaders, Swath. He teaches us about the different contracting methods out there. And when I talk to him about options and stuff, he's like, oh, beam. We uh, I mean, we can go this path with the OTAs, we can go down the FAR. Yeah, the FAR based system still works. You just got to be smart on it. If you're smart, you're gonna find a lot of pathways there. So there's already a lot of options in the FAR. So for people to say, Oh, we need to move away from the FAR, no, maybe you just need to learn it a little better because I know people who seem to know it pretty well and are able to get a lot of stuff done. Mm-hmm. There's also like the mid-tier section 804 stuff. So we know that there's this great suite of capabilities and opportunities for us to pursue you just have to be smart on it so at the same time we also now have through general holt's leadership um, uh, lieutenant colonel jorge manresa has been assigned to us as a chief of contracting officers and is helping out with different strategies and things to think about with regard to big picture how to help out the air force type contracting efforts so we kind of got a one-two punch that's been working in our favor i like swaths uh, benefit to us uh, one of the better stories i think has been with the uh, helmet project so we're trying to replace the classic 1970s helmet that over time because you put your night vision goggles on top of it and then you need to add a counterweight to it and then you want to add a microphone to it and then you want suddenly the helmet's growing it's six pounds heavier then you started eight pounds heavier and you're like you put six or eight pounds extra on a neck and then you pull three to five g's there are reasons that you want to replace and come up with a new helmet. The challenge, as I was to find out from the Life Cycle uh, Management Center and from the ATAC class that works with the LCMC to develop uh, better prototypes in like a 12-week course, that for two different attempts, and the way it was briefed to us was over the course of seven years, over $7 million was expended using the traditional methods of acquisition conversations and putting out those requests for proposals. So seven years and $7 million led to one prototype helmet, new helmet that nobody wanted to buy then again this goes back to that great coalition of the willing and the relationships that we have out there the lcmc group the atac group they said can we try your unclassified experiment can we just put it into plain english and see if there are better helmet makers out there Mm -hmm. and so again we bring together first a group of stakeholders to work out the problem this included talking about things and bringing in expertise from like nascar and different helmet makers so not just pilot helmet makers so again expanding our mindset and going beyond the traditional industries that we might have thought of and then over the course of about six months we ended up coming back with at least four main prototypes and there were different variations on it. So you could argue that there was nine to 13 prototypes that came back for well under a million dollars. So you had seven years, seven million dollars, one prototype that nobody wanted, and then you have the six month experiment under a million dollars, multiple prototypes, and they still haven't finished the final competition. Mm -hmm. But within that, this again was another example of, we try and build out our options at a speed of relevance, which leads to us being able to have greater agility.
1: Can you describe the culture of the AFWorks organization, how its people work, and how that has enabled the success your team has had in the last two plus years? Also feel free to highlight some of those successes.
0: The culture of AFWorks. it is, it is sometimes cliche to try and put together the, the easy explanation because uh, as Lao Tzu would say in his writings on the Tao Te Ching, the Tao that can be defined is not the actual Tao because it's greater than anything you can put into words. However, because we have to run the thought experiment and have something to peg our minds to, I would say that we do uh, have a basic cultural mindset that we try and keep running. Um, you can read about it in our book. That we've just released now. There's an ebook that'll be posted to our website that you can look up that has our lessons learned and our insights shared. But if you were to ask about the culture from where I've seen it develop and what we've tried to focus as the mission leader here, is uh, we use the water acronym, and specifically when you think about in AfWorks, the W is for warfighter. Because if something you're doing today isn't warfighter focused, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. So because we run a very loose, flat system, wide open offense. It's not about checking in with beam, what should I be doing today? It's, are you doing something for the warfighter? Then you're doing something good, keep going. Mm -hmm. As long as there's a demand signal for it, then we're gonna make the Air Force more innovative, keep going. Uh, Number two is agility. And we just had the discussion on that. So, the mindset is how do I stay at the speed of relevance while building out a lot of options to choose from? Because we fully expect in an experimentation group, there's gonna be a lot of failure. Okay, fail one, great, pivot to two, fail two, pivot to three, four, right? So, by having a lot of options available in our agile environment, we're able to keep that experimental mindset for prototyping to expand the art of the possible for everyone. Uh, Our T is simply true to the core. And our basic core function is to connect innovators and accelerate results we do that through the colliders through the workshops through the virtual collaboration tools and if somebody comes up with something else we add that tool into tech accelerators Sibber, sitter nobody could have said two years ago when we were putting this together hey beam in 2020 we're going to be looking at any kind of venture capital matching wouldn't have been on anybody's radar but just by keeping this open atmosphere of well if we can keep connecting and keep accelerating let's go so that's our T. E is empowerment. We try and have a very low level amount of, we don't do weekly activity reports. We do, I mean, just a low level of reporting so that we have one standardized meeting that we do. And now we've kind of downshifted. We're trying to get together once a month and leave it limited as that for our nationwide telecons that we want to do right. because we really try and give people as much space and time as they can because they're empowered, because we have high quality individuals that we can trust to go out and do things, so we just leave it under empowerment. And then our last R, the last letter, the R, is for relationship building, and that just goes to whether we're talking about the Air Force ventures that we've done with the Cyber Group plus Dr. Roper's group, whether you talk about the helmet project that we did through ATAC and LCMC, we know it's all about relationship building. Um, Ensign, the National Security Innovation Network, used to be called MD5. We do a lot of partnering because when you get right down to it, AFWorks is still, as far as government slots are concerned, about a dozen people. But there is easily 150 people in our immediate ecosystem who are working part-time or being detailed for weeks or months at a time to help us out with projects and it is a beautiful thing to see because it's not it's not by some grand budget it's by people blood sweat tears and sacrifice but everybody knows there's something important to happen out here so you see it in the power of our relationships and so i think that kind of summarizes both our culture and some of our great successes along the way. And if you want more details on our successes, the uh, first chapter uh, within our book is on like our top 10, what we consider to be great highlight successes. So you can just grab it right off the uh, mill website.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes, the website. Sure. And, and kind of back to your point, when I was talking with the Spark Tank finalists, they had mentioned that... You know one of the really great things about going through that whole process is just realizing all the people out there that are actually willing to help and that that want to help it's just you know finding those people connecting with them Mm -hmm. and then and then making it happen so um, so I think it's great that they've kind of taken that on and they're taking that now back to their units so as you mentioned before we are at Air Force Associations Warfare Symposium in Orlando Florida and your team is putting on the now annual spark tank Can you tell listeners what Spark Tank is and why it's so important in unleashing the innovative capacity of our airmen?
0: Great question. So if you have ever seen the TV show Shark Tank from Mark Cuban, uh, we are definitely modeled on the shark tank, uh, model. And in fact, since Mark Cuban was one of our celebrity judges last year, what we might even say, we may have copyright infringed as the government, <laughs> but we, 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 did pull out So our spark tank very much looks like a shark tank where you have the secretary of the air force, chief staff of the air force, chief master sergeant right up there. It's, it's, a it's awesome. And then two industry leaders typically that we have up there with an innovative background. Uh, why? and how does it do the magic and part of the cultural agility that we're trying to seek. Part of that includes by an initial set of, we talked before about our virtual tools. So this year for Spark Tank, it, the ideas were put in through our virtual collaboration website. We received hundreds, uh, over 200 entries actually, which included a three-minute pitch video to explain their idea as well. So it was, it was really great, so people are really getting into the elevator speech mode mm-hmm. and. Uh, it was Einstein who said, if you can't explain it simply, then perhaps you don't know your idea that well. Mm-hmm. So to, to get people to really focus in on the three minute idea or on the 30 second elevator pitch, uh, it has a lot of merit and it forces you to do some great innovative thinking. But so we brought in hundreds of uh different applicants uh along the way and these came from all the different MAGCOMs. so the uh depending on the MAGCOM you were in they even had their own mini spark tanks to determine their finalists Mm -hmm. that would get submitted to us at the virtual level so again um we are not the kingmakers, we are not the queenmakers, but we are people who connect innovators to accelerate results. And by holding a spark tank competition for which the senior leaders have been fantastic about supporting and being there to act as judges and give their firepower, AFA will live stream it along with all of the other events and stuff like this. So this is that moment where you get to see any airman, civilian, enlisted, officer, uh, any airman can go in front of the SECAF or the chief, the, uh, Chief of Staff of the Air Force and say, I have an idea. Right. And it's it's possible because one of the strategic priorities of the Air Force was to unleash innovation, drive innovation to secure our future. So mm-hmm. just fantastic things that the Spark Tank event allows us to uh, further expand and unleash the culture of innovation for our Air Force.
1: Great. Right. So last question for you. What AFWorks successes are you most proud of that you believe will impact the future of the Air Force?
0: That is a fantastic question that is what ideas what stands the test of time that that is a, that is a historical question to ask yourself you could you could track the romans perhaps uh, do you say when rome fell in four, in the 400s or do you go with the byzantine empire and you say rome lasted over 1400 years but inevitably civilizations rise and civilizations seem to fall technologies rise and now in today's high speed fast changing environment technologies become irrelevant faster than ever before so if you're asking me what am i proudest of with regard to afworks it's that we even exist at all because it took a bunch of very courageous senior leaders and at the time that was vice chief stephen wilson Sevy's general wilson who put us together along with uh, lieutenant general jd harris out of the a58 along with ses blackhurst over an SDPE and AFRL who, who said, go try this. And mm-hmm. they fully admitted, hey, we're not well-versed on this stuff either, right. go for it. General Harris said things like, Beam, if you guys aren't failing at least 70% of the time, I'm gonna wonder if you're actually trying to be innovative. That that idea existed and that we made it through the opening two and a half years when there are well-intentioned people who have a zero-risk mindset because they think anything that isn't explicitly written down will suddenly result in Congress wanting to shut us down. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you look at our national defense strategy summary and the things that come out of the the president's office, we're supposed to be pursuing innovation, and it's also a senior leader priority. So I guess the first thing, if you say, what am I proudest of, it is that we still exist two years later because this this was not an easy mission. But the people who were attracted to it, who have been loyal to the mission in spite of all of the obstacles that have been pushed in front of us. There have been senior leaders who have jumped in in a guardian angel's role to make it work for us. The coalition of the willing that we have over 33,000 airmen who have signed up on that virtual collaboration tool that our database in the first two years registers at 58,000 people, whether that's industry, academic, or our government side of the house there's definitely something that we have tapped into because while the physical structures will become irrelevant, if the idea and if the culture of agility and innovation persists in our Air Force, then I feel great about our future. And right now I'm feeling pretty good about
1: it. Awesome. Well, I think that's a good note to to end the conversation on. And I just want to thank you so much for your time.
0: Oh, thank you very much for the chance to talk about this. It truly has been from a groundswell up at Total Force Airmen story. And it's Uh, You feel good about the Air Force. So I thank you, Amber.
1: The Contracting Experience podcast hit its one-year birthday in October 2019. If you have enjoyed listening, I ask you to share the podcast with your friends and coworkers and leave us a review on iTunes. Sharing the podcast is the best way to help others connect with the world around them. Thank you for listening.